welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast episode 42. I'm your host Elizabeth Collins. So last weekend was World Vegan Day and was it the weekend before last? Anyway, gosh I can't keep track of time. Anyway, it was a fantastic um, day. I had a really good day myself and I hope everybody else did too. It was a lot of fun and I made a video and um and some people thank you for everybody who wrote positive comments on there because when you put when you put something like that on the world wide web you're you um and you put your face on it as well you know then people can make fun of you even more <laughs> than a podcast but i mean i'm not sure how many people actually look look at these things but you see it's there forever until i take it down or until youtube crashes or something so i'm just going to leave it there and you know just hopefully people run across it and um, you know, see that, um, I don't know, I mean, it's good to see different different types of people who are all vegan. So, I also want to thank Corey Wren for coming on my show, my last episode, and having, um, having a fantastic interview. I really recommend reading Corey's articles. She's the Roanoke Vegan Examiner, and there's a link on my website, and also following Corey on Twitter. She has a really sharp eye and um, she's um, got a very sharp brain as I'm sure you could tell from the interview so really a really good person to keep keep track of because she, she certainly is, um, keeps everybody on their toes and, and, and keeps us alert to many different things. Um, also, um, well I actually already recorded the main this episode and um, I completely lost it and just briefly, I'll explain why, because I know that there's some techies out there who are like, how on earth did that happen? Well, basically, everybody who's not a podcaster or not a a sound person or who does, who's not a computer person, I'm really sorry, this is going to bore you, but I'm, I'll make it brief. But everybody who's like, how the heck did that happen? Basically... I, I use Gar- I use Garage Band or whatever you call it, and I'm used to using Pro Tools. And um, the only reason I use Garage Band because I don't have a microphone for Pro Tools. I don't I do not have a microphone. I have a USB mic, which is completely different. A microphone for Pro Tools is an analog mic, and I just have a USB mic because I got it for Skype. So I use Garage Band because it takes USB mics. I believe it if you get an outboard. Well, anyway, I believe you can use other mics for that. But whatever. And so basically, with Garage Band. It crashed right after I recorded, and normally that's okay, but what happens is you can click and you can open the the media and you can find the audio file. And I know, and this has never happened to me before, where I recorded two episodes in a row and the first one crashed. And so the audio wasn't in the GarageBand edit window, but I didn't care about that. But I thought, well, I don't really know GarageBand, so let me just drag it. So I made a copy. I did a, I did an option drag, I've got a Mac, onto my desktop. So I did a, I, I took all the audio files, it was one long audio file, and I didn't actually import it into Pro Tools because I wanted to do my Spanish one, right? So I figure if, if GarageBand overwrites the package contents, that's okay because I dragged another copy, a duplicate copy, you know? Well, what did I know? GarageBand looks for every, every bit of audio and writes over it destructively. I mean, it was just gone. It was wiped. It was gone. It's just, it's gone. So... I knew that it wasn't in the package contents, but I looked at my desktop where I had dragged the, it's like a duplicate file, a whole nother file. I mean, Pro Tools wouldn't do that. Pro Tools, you have one place where it records audio to, and that's where it goes. It doesn't wipe other, oh God, I could not believe it. So it was just really, really frustrating. I learned something new, but it's just, I, I had just finished recording 
I, and it crashed before I could even hit save. I mean, that's GarageBand for you. Well, that's my computer for you. So just crashed. So I'm like, oh, bummer. And you know, I had to force quit. And I was like, oh, well, at least I have the audio. At least I have the audio in the package contents. Let me just drag, you know, let me make a copy of that audio, put it somewhere safe, you know, somewhere completely different. I mean, I guess the desktop is not. I mean, I guess I should have put it on my hard drive. I have no idea because, like I say, anyway, believe me, it's gone, everybody. I know that there's a lot of people. It's gone. Destructive recording, obviously, is what GarageBand does. Obviously, it does destructive recording. Destructive recording, when you do destructive recording, it's gone. So I lost the whole episode. But I'm going to stick with the same thing because it's very important. Um, so sorry about all that. That, that. That's why it happened. It won't happen again. And yes, I really appreciate the offers of help, um, but no, it is not salvageable. It is gone forever, and um, that's okay. So I'm doing it again. Um, but now to begin. <laughs> I just want to dedicate this show today to all male vegans, and there's a reason why. Four, four people I'm going to mention in particular, just because um, because they're all in New Zealand, and they're all male and they're all abolitionists, and they are my only supporters in New Zealand. And um, they're all um, vegans, obviously. And that's um, Vish and Jordan Wyatt and William Paul and Sam Tucker. And that's in order of age. I could be wrong that Vish is older than Jordan, I'm not sure. The The reason that I want to dedicate this show to them and to all, and I want to sort of dedicate in a way this because the theme of this show is this is the stereotype of of men have to eat meat to be manly and I really want to critically dismantle and analyze that in my own way as always I'm sure somebody already has and has come to the same conclusion because these conclusions run together because we're dealing with basic truths and people you know I find when I I, I say these things and I think that they're like this revelation and I'm like wow or whatever you know what what a concept and then I listen and like five other people have have already said it that same week or somebody's been saying it you know there are certain things that I learn from other people that I can't think of by myself but these basic sort of when you really start to live this when you start to analyze everything you know there there it's it's really these basic simple truths like these common threads that run through because they're they're truths you know very simple truths and we can all relate to them. Um, every human being could, can. Um, it's just that, you know, some are not in that time in their life or some, I don't understand um, the way everybody's mind works. Um, so what was I saying? Right, so um, these, these guys, they're all male and living in New Zealand and um, the pressure here is pretty intense. I know it is all over the world and, and, and everybody can make comparisons and things like that, but I just want to like, I want to shout them out because I think that they're, um, it, it actually, I could be wrong, but I think it, the one thing that women have, like, I, this is a very macho world that we live in, a very sexist world, patriarchal society, it's true, <laughs> um, it really is, but it's easier socially for a woman to be a vegan and to sort of do it for ethical reasons you know, than, 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 than men. I really think that we have this one thing that we have easier than them. And I also want to put comment, um, um, there's this, this quote, I really, really love these quotes. I, I have to definitely shout out Randy Sandberg's Atheist Vegan blog. 
with the anti-slavery and the pro-slavery pages. This just it's a it's a stroke of genius, but it's for posterity. He's writing for the history books these pro-slavery and these anti-slavery arguments, and um, it's actually quite an astonishing thing to do, and quite a, it's just an amazing way to look. And you know, people who write these comments, these these pro-slavery comments, people who say, "Oh well, just go on there and read them." It's atheistvegan.com. Um, but th he's also um, gotten some quotes from from some very very good advocates. And um, one of the ones that I mean, they're all amazing. But I just want to read this one as well because this is kind of runs in. This kind of runs with what I'm going to talk about today. This is by Vincent Gahane from weotheranimals.blogspot.com. And he also has a um, podcast as well, We Other Animals Radio. He says, let's stop talking about veganism as a matter of compassion, benevolence, and other nice-sounding but ultimately anthropocentric missives. I just want to note that I don't know what anthropocentric means, okay? Um, I know what missives are, though, I think. But um, just listen, just listen. I mean, I'm sure many people do know what those mean, okay? Vincent, don't laugh, okay? The idea that we are being kind, in quotes, acting compassionately, in quotes, or saving lives just by being vegan is misguided. It's also paternalistic. Veganism is a matter of justice, and it reflects the absolute minimum of justice that I owe other persons, human and non. That doesn't mean we're not compassionate people. It doesn't mean we can't act compassionately toward other animals, human or non. It just means that veganism is what we owe them. It's not an act of charity. That's something that just resonated with me as well, because... It's very, very true. Like I say, these are truths that we're working with. I love the way that it's articulated here. And um, so, the thing that the thing that Vincent's getting at, the way the way that I I love that that thought because you see, for one thing, it's true, <laughs> okay, and for another thing, um, it's true, okay. So like. I was thinking about the I was thinking about it the other day when I was thinking about this this podcast because this has been bothering me. I've been really wanting to tackle this whole misguided you have to be um, eat meat to be a man thing. As well, there's, I'm definitely gonna um, go into that. But when I when you think about it, and like I say, I'm sure other people have articulated this before. Maybe I've actually heard other people articulate it, and I'm just sort of repeating it without re remembering. If I if I come to meet you at your house and I don't brutally you know, rape and murder you, you don't thank me like, oh my gosh, you know, thank you for not brutally raping and murdering me, you know, how, you know, that was so amazing of you not to do that, or, you know, I could take it down a notch and say, you know, I don't, I don't come to your house and like smack you around a few times, um, and you're like, wow, Elizabeth came to my house the other day and she didn't beat me up, you know, you don't, you don't do that, but um, when it comes to non-humans, we think that it's like, applaudable, well I don't, but many people do, if we, um, well it's just, we all know what, what, we, what we do to them and then what we pat ourselves on the back. For example, they think that it's applaudable that KFC in Canada has decided to horrifically gas just like they did to the Jews in the, in the concentration camps, the chickens, this is celebrated, okay, it's like, oh how compassionate, how compassionate, that's insane. 
Everything I'm going to say in this podcast is probably going to sound like it completely contradicts um, Vincent's statement because I am going to talk about kindness and I am going to talk about gentleness. Um, that's because I'm trying to bust this, get through the stereotype that where men think that it's really tough to be, to eat meat and you have to eat meat to be tough. Um, it's, it is this really misguided thought and there's just so much wrong with it and I do want to explore that but I want to acknowledge um, Vincent's point here and other people have made this point really well um, the fact that you choose to to not inflict harm on the most vulnerable amongst us is should be expected and should be um, should be the norm and there's really you know, there's nothing really, there shouldn't be anything really special about that. And it's really sad that it shouldn't have to be even considered as some sort of uh, choice. It's an, a moral obligation and that's why we talk about it. But I do want to just talk about kindness. Um, I'm trying to bust the stereotype with these guys who, anyway, I don't know if I finished my dedication. So this is dedicated um, to all the male vegans. It's, it's always dedicated to everybody and I'm not excluding females or anything like that. But I really want to acknowledge guys who do it because I think it is that socially I think they may have to deal with more um, with more pressure I know that Jordan is 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 um, he's in the you know he's like there, there's five slaughterhouses in his town everybody like I say in New Zealand everybody's a farmer and I do all that kind of stuff well he really is in that situation I live in the city I live with a lot of immigrants there's a huge Indian population here and they know what vegan is I mean there's a huge Indian population of people who are pure vegetarian in their food and there and um, I don't you know I see cows and there's farms around Auckland but I'm not in it Jordan's in it and his he has slaughterhouses on every block it sounds like and his father worked in a slaughterhouse and in fact he interviewed his father and he's like the only vegan in this whole area Southland is like look up Southland New Zealand it's just it's that is really New Zealand like farming country and he writes letters to the paper and he's an abolitionist as well he promotes abolition and in fact on his podcast coexisting with non-human animals um his last podcast was really really great in fact he he said everything that I wanted to say so with regard to the whole um, factory pig farming nonsense that's been going on in New Zealand promoted by the welfare group SAFE um, just listen to Jordan's last podcast and that's exactly how I feel but um, basically you know he, he's he's doing it but it's not easy and in fact this is quite telling because like I say I already lost I already did this podcast last night and it's completely different than it was last night but it was the basic same thing and I did dedicate it to, to these guys because I really I really want to give them I really want to back them up. I really want to give them like support, you know, and um, and Vicious in Wellington, and he doesn't keep in touch with me nearly as much as what I'd like him to. But that's okay. He's very busy, and um, I know that he try. He actually talks to a lot of welfareists and tries to talk to them. He gets involved with the Vegetarian Society and tries to introduce them to veganism and things like that. So I give him props for that. And you know, William and Sam are like 13 and 14, and they're in school. So that's that. That's pretty much there at the moment. My only supporters in New Zealand is is them and I really love them for that because it would be very lonely otherwise um, but we sort of need each other and it's really hard um, sometimes because they're they're far away and it's just almost like all over the world we're, we're kind of just in isolated little pockets but that will change and I'm not complaining um, this is just the way it is in the beginning you know before we got here there was nobody here <laughs> so at least we're here now so anyway I'm dedicating this show to all the male vegans and um, I want to analyze this in my way and I don't have the same vocabulary as Vincent so as we know um, I want to analyze this whole you have to be uh, to, to eat meat to, to be a man you have to eat meat 
And if we really, really think about it, because what happened is, you see, the other, when I was doing my, when I was doing my World Vegan Day, what, I've had two experiences. Uh, I'm doing, I'm when I'm out in the street and I've got my table out. I haven't done it very many times, but every time you learn. And um, the first time that happened, this this kid came up. And he was with his girlfriend, and um, they're always with their girlfriends when they do this, it seems. And they're trying to impress their girlfriends. They're young, and he he was kind of derisive about it. But I managed to. I find if you look people in the eye, see the things that we say are unexpected to them because they're only used to hearing welfare rhetoric. So, like, they're only used to hearing, but we can treat them nicer or we need to be nice to them and all these things like Vincent was articulating. But we, 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 when we, when we talk about our sort of moral obligation to them, cause he's like, well, we farm animals. And I was like, that's, yes, we do. Um, we use them. This is about abolishing their use. And I don't think many people in the welfare certainly don't say that. So he actually walked away this kid, but he tried to be all smart about it. Like he goes, what's wrong? He goes, what's this all about? This is a, this is like a few weeks ago. And I was like, um, I said veganism, um, and he's like, about, is it about eating meat? And I said, well, yeah, amongst other things. Oh, well, what's wrong with that? He said, and then we had this conversation, and he was with his girlfriend, and he was trying to be all kind of like, I'm a real man, baby, I'm going to show you. And then his girlfriend wasn't even that impressed, really. She was a little embarrassed, actually, so good for her. But on World Vegan Day, I was I was filming, and I was trying to get people to wish us happy. I was, try, I was trying to get as many people as, as possible as I could fit. Um, who were willing to be filmed, because not everybody was, to say Happy World Vegan Day to us, because we don't often hear nice things from people who are not vegan when we're trying to talk to them about vegan. People get very hostile, and people get very defensive, and people get very angry. Um, so I just, for once, wanted them to say something nice to us. So not everybody, in fact, I think only one of those people that I filmed was a vegan, and she didn't tell me she was a vegan. And in fact, I think she knows exactly who I am, because I didn't know who she was, but she's a lovely lady anyway, but she knows who I am, because she actually turned out, she's on this on this, on this this email group where I have the huge fight with the welfareers that time. We had this huge big argument. But anyway, um, she, I was actually talking to her, and this guy comes up, and I was talking to her, and I was trying to get her on film, <laughs> and um, her and her son, they were lovely. And this guy comes up, and he's a young guy, and he's with his girl. And he looks like a city kid, you know. He didn't really, I mean, I could be judging, but you know, he was a Kiwi guy. And he's like, oh, what's all this or whatever. And I was kind of like trying to get this, talking to this other lady about filming. It's kind of cool when more than one people come up, because you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you feel really popular. You're like, oh, wait, I can't get to you yet, you know. So I just said to him, here, um, t- take a pamphlet. Um, because I could see in his face he wasn't, I knew he was coming up to, you know, he was not at all open to this. It was it was all a little show for him. So turns out I could see this really smug look on his face. And I thought, oh, well, you know what, I just gave him a pamphlet. And he held it and he, and he was waiting. He was waiting because he had a little joke that he was going to do, you see. And um, I could see this smug look on his face and he kept waiting for me to finish to talking to this other lady and so I kind of said well can you hold you know I I I didn't I wasn't finished with her but I thought well let me turn my attention because she was quite happy to to stand to wait because she was really friendly and she was actually vegan although she didn't tell me although I kind of got got the idea after a while but so I turned to him and I'm and and he's holding on to the pamphlet and he's got his joke all planned I mean you could see I I mean I, I know after the fact but looking back here he had this really smug look on my face and I thought okay here we go what what what's he gonna say and he goes, is this about eating meat? Is this about not eating meat? And I said, it's way more than that. It's it's definitely a lot more than that. And then he was like, 
he got a little because I ruined his joke. You see, because that wasn't the answer he was expecting. Because he had this little punchline that he was waiting to do, and I, I didn't, I didn't give him the right answer that he wanted in order to do his joke. So then he said, and I'm saying like he waited, he he waited to do this. Like this joke was that important to him. So I said, he goes, yes, but is it? Does it have something to do with not eating meat, though? And I said, yes, among other things, yes. And he, and then he was like, "Here's the punchline, folks. You know, roll the drums." He he hands me back, you know, kind of theatrically, like hands me back the pamphlet, and he's like, "Well, I won't be needing this then." And his girlfriend laughed, ah ha ha. And um, he was thinking, "Yes, I'm a man. I showed my girl. I'm a man. You know, I guess." And um, and it got me thinking, and it, and then he kind of walked. He he walked away, and I. I, I, at the time, I really didn't really kind of pursue it or anything like that because I turned my attention back to um, this lady and she turned around to him and said, well, you could eat less. And of course, I never say that to people. I mean, if I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to talk to you about what what's right or wrong. You can decide to eat less if you want to, but I'm going to say, you know, uh, it's hard to explain. It's a different approach, but she's like, "Well, you could eat less, you know. You could cut down." That's if that's if that's a very favorite term. I'm not I'm not putting down what this person or anything about. I don't say things like that. I say different things, you know. Um, they'll cut down on their own if they, you know, if you say the right things to them. But hopefully they'll stop altogether. But if you say it's okay to cut down, well, it's not okay to cut down. Actually, is it okay to cut down on your, you know, child molestation to, you know, like slightly less um, children than than the week before? No, it's definitely not okay. You see, so I'm not um, in any way um, approving of anything that perpetuates any kind of speciesist attitude. So whatever. That's not, I'm, I don't mean to, to come down on this person. I mean, I just, I wouldn't say that. But anyway, she said, well, you could cut down. And, he, and then his girlfriend was like, oh, well, that's a little more doable. And then they walked away. And I just turned back to her. She's like, you know, and I, I mean, I could have done a little better. But anyway, we did the whole thing. But it got me thinking. And um, especially because he was, it was such a punchline for him. And he was so proud, you know. He's, and, and I mean, Listen to Roger Yates' last podcast about the way we're brought up with children's books and things like that. But when it comes to men, I really want to analyze this because it got me thinking. And like when you're out in the street, and I haven't done very much of it at all, but it doesn't take much to do something before you kind of realize. So there are times where there's a lot of downtime, and you just watch people, and then you, and then every interaction that you have, you learn from. And when you're face to face with people, they're a lot less likely to be as insane as they are in the forums. On the forums, they are insane. They hide behind these crazy nicknames, and they are in. There's people are unbelievably aggressive on the forums. It's just insane what people say. But face to face, they don't really do that. There was one man who walked past, and he said, and he looked like a bushman. And a bushman in New Zealand's like got a beard and a backpack and a hat, and he like probably lives in the bush, you know, and um, or he looked that way. He was in the city, but he probably hated it. By the way, by the look on his face, and he was glaring at me the whole way. And I remember looking at him, and I actually, <laughs> funny thing is, when I when I watched him approaching, I thought, oh, he looks cool, you know, you know, maybe he's, you know, a vegetarian, because <laughs> you never know. I don't know why I thought that. And then the way he was looking at me, he was glaring at me out of the corner of his eye. And I, I looked at him, and then when I saw him looking at me like that, I was like, hmm. And then he waited till he was past me. He was an older man, and, then, and I actually was on my video right after it happened, I, f I talked about it because it was quite unsettling, and he walked past, and then he stopped and turned around and yelled at me, and he said, I killed two animals today, and um, 
and I didn't handle it very well. I, I, try, I always try to think of better things to say to get people thinking, rather than just have a knee-jerk reaction and insult back or have, you know what I mean? But I did. I had a knee-jerk reaction and I said, are you proud? <laughs> Which is, you know, I'm not proud of myself for doing that. And he goes, and I could see him stop for a second and he was like, oh. And then he goes, I killed two animals today, a bird and a, and a rat, and I'm effing proud of it. And I said, that's really brave. And um, I wish that I had said other things. Um, I wish that I had said, if he had, when he had said, I killed two animals today, I wish, he, I wish I'd said to him, well, you're not the only one. Um, there's animals being killed right now. What's your point? Kind of thing. I don't know. Just always trying to think of, rather than having a knee-jerk kind of like trigger reaction. Because when he said it, I got upset. And that's what he wanted. And so... There you go. I just gave in to my sort of baser insects. But anyway, what I went out, but it still got me thinking because I'm like, you know, he was like quite a big man as well. He was probably like six foot something. And I'm thinking a bird and a rat and I'm analyzing what kind of bird. Unless it's a condor or an albatross, pretty small, you know, and a rat is pretty small. I mean, a rat is maybe the size of your foot. If that's a big rat, a rat the size of your feet. And people are like, oh my gosh, it's a monster. I mean, this is like, can you imagine how big we are to them? Anyway, so it got me thinking about this and this other kid and everything. And then I was walking around and I just thought, I have to do this podcast because I've been really trying to, you know, how how is it that we think there's mainly to to <laughs> to do what we do to animals? Well, I think it probably comes from the cave, you know, when we lived in caves. And like I say, I don't think we were supposed to survive the Ice Age. The only reason we did, and a lot of people use this as a justification for what we're doing now, which is not. But I do believe factually I could be wrong. I always just, I'm not a scientist and I always just, <laughs> I never, you know, this is Elizabeth, the completely, you know, this is just my thoughts. And I always think, yeah, the, we weren't supposed to survive the Ice Ages. Our bodies were not designed for it. The only way we did is we killed animals. We draped their f- fur around us and we ate their meat. We had fire and we invented fire. And then we survived the Ice Age and, you know, bit of a bummer for the planet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, but, you know, so I guess if you were starving in a cave and you took your puny little human body out and you, you know, took on some sort of, you know, really strong animal and I mean, I don't, and you, you know, it was that or starvation. Yeah, maybe that is pretty brave. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, but um, think about what we're doing now and what these men are so proud of, because first of all, the guy who came up to me with his smug little joke about what a man he was, well, he looked like a city kid to me. I mean, like I say, I, I don't know where he's from, what he did. I, I don't think he worked in a slaughterhouse, and even if he did, I'll talk about that later. So he's telling me that he goes down to the supermarket, and he pulls out his wallet. It's really manly to do, right? And he hands over some bills for the body of a slaughtered baby that somebody else killed, like lamb chops. They're very popular in New Zealand. Lamb is very popular here. There's a lot of lot of little baby lambs slaughtered here. And you're telling me that it's manly to go to the supermarket and buy a styrofoam packet containing the body of a newborn baby animal that somebody slaughtered so brutally, an animal that is as helpless as a human baby animal. I mean, that's how helpless they are. I mean, they can't, maybe they can walk, but in the situation they're placed in, they're, they might as well not be able to. So, what's brave about that? You're eating babies. Why is that considered brave? That, 
that that's not brave at all that is not brave at all we're eating the bodies of babies and even if you're buying a like i remember on this one thing because these people on the forums get really bad like in real life i'm sure they do too and i'm ready for anything you know i'm ready for anything and i'm i'm not very brave and i don't like violence and i've never been very physically brave i did do I did do a pretty intensive martial arts course um, and self-defense and things like that. But the thought of, like, of, I don't know. But I'm also preparing myself that I, somebody may, you know, attack me or something like that. I mean, this is just the way it is. And we just have to be prepared for these things. So I'm already like, okay, everybody who comes up, I'm like, okay, let's see. I hope they don't attack me. But they could, and I'm ready for it. You know, like, I'm not saying I'm sitting there thinking everybody's going to attack me. But I'm just saying what we do is put ourselves in positions where people might get aggressive. And it's the same with any advocacy and it's just just the way it is. Um we can't stop we can't stop doing it. But anyway, I don't know why I started going off on that tangent. I guess I have violence on the brain. So these guys are proud of that and that the point of this what I'm trying to do is I'm going to start challenging them on that. So as I say, you always learn. Like this guy came up and he sticks out in my mind from from what he said because of the smug look on his face and his punchline. And the next guy who comes up, because there'll always be another one. You know, there's always going to be somebody else. And the, on the forums, there's these men who are like, my wife's just prepared me a T-bone steak. I'm going to go eat it. Rrr. You know. And um, and then if you really, really analyze what they're doing, they're saying that the, the this helpless, defenseless herbivore was slaughtered brutally and was as helpless as you could possibly be in that situation. And you think that it's manly to con- to go to the supermarket and buy these body parts and consume them. I don't I don't see how how manly that is at all. And um the fact of the matter is we're talking about baby lambs and and all these other animals, but even a a fully, you know, like a, a dairy cow that's a spent cow and or or even beef cattle, they're still pretty much babies because we don't let we don't, you know, they're babies. I mean, even the the ones that we say are fully grown, I mean, they've been given growth hormones, but they're just babies. They're two years old, three years old. I mean, the oldest cow, they probably are in New Zealand. The dairy cows probably live the longest. So they have seven years sometimes of this horror, of this horror and depression. I mean, their lives are just beyond imagining. And you look into the eyes and um, anyway, and th- they're still babies because their natural lifespan is like 20 to 25 years. So they're definitely adolescents, if not, you know what I mean? It's like, these are, these are what we're killing and eating and that's manly and that's tough. And if, you know, and um, if I meet somebody who does work in a slaughterhouse, I will challenge them on that and say, you know, I mean, I think with people who work in a slaughterhouse, you have to kill all your emotion to be there. And that's what really makes me really sad is that we're training our young boys to like farmers from a very young age are training their sons to be the stealers of babies the slaughterers of babies and the abusers of babies and they're not allowed to cry and they're not allowed to have emotion because if they do then that means they're girly you're a girl and that's in this really patriarchal sexist world we live in that's an insult and in New Zealand that's one of the biggest insults I mean you're you're a girl, you girl. I mean that's 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 definitely what they really try to use against men here if they wanna if they wanna make them feel bad, you see. So that they they're training these young boys to kill off their emotions and kill babies. And there's nothing brave about overpowering a baby and slaughtering a baby. So let's examine this. I'm gonna use this argument. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it, I'm gonna modify it 
um, if somebody else has already talked about it, like somebody like Colleen Patrick Gaudreau, and I haven't got around to l- always love her podcast. I learned so much from her. Um, you know, we all know that it's really cowardly and brutal and everything what we do to animals. All of us know it. We reject the violence because we see how unjust it is and we see how cowardly it is and we see how wrong it is. And we know that it's not brave. I mean, anybody listening to this who's a vegan, who's, you know, promoting veganism or who just lives as a vegan already knows these things that I'm saying. But when I'm talking to these men, I want them to really analyze that because what, you know, what is brave about eating the body of a, a newborn baby lamb that, that somebody brutally slaughtered and going to the supermarket? I mean, the most manly thing you did was drive your car there. I mean, I don't even know where this comes from. It's insane. I think it's manly to reject violence, number one. I think you have, I think that, I think that we all respect, we all deeply appreciate the strength in rejecting violence is way more than the strength in giving into it and being a bully. And um, we really do appreciate that. We appreciate it when, like, because it's so easy to be violent. I could go, I could be violent. I could go down to the supermarket right now and buy ice cream and I'm participating in violence. Now, it's not hard to not go to the supermarket and buy ice cream. And I'm not saying that it's it's difficult or that it's challenging to go to the supermarket and buy vegetables and buy lentils. It's not, that's not, it's not a comparison of the, you know, of the physical act of what we're doing. But the fact that they're calling what they're doing manly is just so misguided and so crazy. And I really want to challenge these guys to really think about it. Like, think about what you're buying. You're buying this a baby. They're babies. And what is manly about that? You know, and um, there's nothing manly about that at all. And we innately, you know, nobody respects a bully. I mean, uh, you know, nobody, and and also when it comes to domestic violence now, in some societies it used to be manly to beat your wife. It used to be considered, you weren't a man if you didn't do that. And there are some societies, um, I've just read some things on domestic violence in some places where that is still considered. And I do believe a lot of men lie about it. Like they, they don't beat their wives, they love their wives. You know, they want to be gentle, you know. But they, in the society they're like, ooh, you know, if you don't smack, if you don't, you know, tell, show your wife who's boss, you're not a man. So they lie to their friends pretending that they're doing this. And I wonder how many of them actually are. Well, unfortunately, some of them are. But you see, even now, that's even changing. Like, in my country as well, domestic violence, these huge, like, rugby stars and things are coming out against domestic violence. And, you know, they're saying, with regard to women and children, it's, it's so cowardly to be violent. I mean, we know that. And these really, you know, kind of physically strong, you know, men are are saying that as well. It's it's the strength is in being the strength is in not using your power to do harm. You should be a man enough to know your own strength. It doesn't mean you have to prove it. And it, and anyway, killing a baby, there's nothing manly about that. Or eating the body of a baby that somebody else killed, or a young animal, a defenseless herbivore. Or even if you're talking about the body of a, of a wild animal, the way that we kill them is with our machines and with our guns or we trap them. And it's like, it's very clever. And, you know, yes, we're, we're very, very clever and creative and we can make all these amazing things. I don't think it's brave, a brave thing to do at all. And anyway, it's, it's, wrong, it's wrong to do these things because we don't need to, to use these products, to eat these products, to wear, the, to wear these products. That's what makes it wrong. But what really strikes me is this whole, you have to be a man to eat me thing. And I'm going to really 
try to delve into that with these guys and get them to think about what's manly about that. Um, the fact of the matter is that if they turn around and say, well, is what's manly about eating lentils, you know, I'm like, you're missing the point. It, the, you know, vegan men are not claiming that they're, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I hope I'm making my point. But I was thinking about it the other day when this kid came up. I'm like, what are you so proud of? Why are you such a man? Have you seen what they do? I mean, and if they do work in a slaughterhouse and they're killing babies, I mean, how, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit, I mean, they, the the bottom line is, you know, the only way that even we can even kill cows, and they're herbivores, because they're so big, we have to jam them in into a place where they can't even turn left or right. Their bodies are, they they don't have the flexibility to climb. If anybody's seen that video, I'm I'm scared and I don't want to die. That that um of the cow in the chute on her way to being stunned. They're they're jammed in so they can't move around because the men wouldn't be able to do much to them because physically the cow probably could run faster, the man would have to lasso them or something like that. You see, so we 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 just we have to jam them into these tiny shoots where they can't turn left or right and then we have to shoot their, you know, head with a gun and then we a machine comes and and, and grabs the that you know they 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 throw a thing around the ankle and they hoist it in the air helpless, and then they're killed, and these are like five-year-old herbivores. So wake up, all you guys who think it's manly to eat meat. It's just not. And um, I want to give shout out to all the vegan men who have the strength to do what's right and to see through the nonsense and to be able to stand up to society and say um, it, that's total rubbish and um, because I know that I really do think it is harder to be um, the, with regard to societal pressure especially when we try to advocate it I mean everybody doesn't mind a quiet vegan I mean if you're just a, you mind your own business and you don't say anything to anybody and and you don't challenge anybody on it oh everybody loves you that's fine she's a good vegan but when you come out and stand up for what's right well I'm sorry nobody liked the abolitionist against slavery either I'm sorry it's we have to do it and we're gonna do it and people don't like it well that's just too bad but these young guys I'm really looking forward to having some more interactions with them and I'm going to work on the way I say it but I really want to get them thinking because there's nothing at all brave about about that nothing at all and it's incredibly misguided and um, doesn't make any sense whatsoever and so I'm dedicating this show to um, to all the real men out there and I hate saying that because I don't want to say that I'm not saying that these men are cowards or that they're they're just Nobody's challenged them, and if you listen to like a lot of the 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 things that um, everybody's doing, like these guys who are talking about, there's a lot of um, a lot of male advocates for veganism, and they don't necessarily talk about their own experiences much. Well, the the ones I know are too busy advocating for the rights of animals to sort of, but I'm sure that they had to deal with some stuff. Um, I know Jordan does, but the good thing is that Jordan is like I said, he's like six foot five or something, <laughs> which is really awesome because he's like a giant, and so it's not that easy for these guys to pick at him. I love that, and um, and also, but it isn't easy to be the only vegan in Southland. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, it, it's I can't imagine. I can't imagine, and I just give him so many, so much props for doing that. And um, Sam lives in Hamilton in the Waikato. The Waikato, that's where my cousins live. It's all farming country there too. It's just farms, farms, farms. Um, and the kids are being raised on farms. And 
you know, farm kids are taught from a very early age that animals are things to be used and that we do not have thoughts um, and that we kill them. And they actually are being trained to do that. They're being trained to steal babies, to kill babies, because that's what we do. And um, we, need, we need it to stop. And so all the men who are vegan are an example to all other men that um, I... We, we, you know, we just need more. And I wish every kid could have a vegan male role model. Um, definitely with regard to this, it's manly. Because it's about as manly to eat meat as it is to beat your baby up. As, about, as it is to beat your children. You know, not manly at all. And we recognize that. And men recognize that. And there's these, these domestic, anti-domestic violence things are geared towards that. And they're proving that that's the way to be strong. That's how to be strong. Because it is easy to be violent if you're big and angry and, you know, and you smack things around. I mean, I'm sure it is. I mean, it doesn't seem to be very hard. I think that it's easy to to do that for some reason. I mean, I don't know. Because when t- soldiers go to war and then they kill, it changes them. And... Um, I think it's more manly to um, reject violence. That's way more admirable. That's um, that's the way of the of a true person is to reject violence. It's the strongest, most brave thing that we can do, especially in this world, and um, especially in our societies. And so I give everybody props for that, and I really support these these young men in my country who are my only supporters in my country. And who are living in farm country and going to school and, um, you know, being this example and showing, you know, these other, these other boys. And um, that's where it begins and that's where, you know, and they're not backing down from it. And that's the best thing about it is, um, you know, there, there's no compromise because we can't. I mean, we, 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 you know, you either reject speciesism or you, or you partake in it. It's just like racism or sexism. So um, I'm looking forward to the next time I'm I'm out there and somebody tries to pull that, that one on me, especially face to face. But I'm going to try to do it in a way where they really think about it. I want them to go to the store and hand over their money and and see, you know, how not brave it is. And it doesn't mean that I say that I want them to go out and like shoot a deer with a bow and arrow and skin and gut the deer a lot, you know, and all that stuff in the woods and things like that. Because that's not manly, you know, that's not manly either to um, use a tool, you know, to use a weapon to um, to kill a um, a herbivore. I mean, we don't need to to eat animals, and we shouldn't be eating them anyway. All this analysis is. You know the the fundamental point is that we shouldn't, but I definitely want to take this paradigm. It's another paradigm shift that we have to shift. It's it's definitely all tied together, but this is a very strong paradigm. These these men men have to eat meat. It's just ridiculous. You have to consume the body of helpless babies in order to be a man. I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense to me at all, and um, I reject that utterly. And I um, thoroughly admire all men who have the strength and bravery to be strong in that way. So um, props to you and for being an example as well that we desperately need in the societies that we're in. So um, anyway, um, I feel like I totally rambled all over the place and as usual. But um, anyway, if I if I if I have like if I if something happens and related to this and stuff, I'll come back and talk about it some more and 
maybe I'll be a little more like on point or whatever but um this is kind of like a a challenge to that to that ridiculous notion <laughs> and also a, a thank you to um all the um vegan men out there and um doesn't mean I'm excluding everybody else and all that like I keep saying but I just want to sort of give you guys props so anyway I raised my what am I drinking I'm drinking uh black Borneo black tea with osmansis flowers doesn't that sound good it is good I raised my I raised my teacup to you <laughs> alrighty um so I just want to plug a couple of things Please go and look at Randy Sandberg's atheistvegan.com and look at the pro-slavery and in the anti-slavery. And if you have a quote, send it in. I don't really like my quote because I don't really have a blog, so I don't, I don't write the way these other guys do. Like all these other guys that are on there. And mine was related to a specific episode where I talked about how people try to convince people that meat is unhealthy. And I was like, I said, it doesn't really matter because veganism is healthy and that's all that matters. But anyway. Um, there's great quotes on there, so please please go on there and and spread it around, um, especially to people that you're that you are arguing with online who are saying all these inane things. I, I say to them, why don't you um, send a quote to this gentleman and see what enlightened company you keep? I don't usually get sarcastic, but it goes up and down. But and also please listen to Roger Yates' podcast. Um, the sociology aspect is so important. The last one was so helpful to me; it was unbelievable. This the the um the children's books and the white children it's just so true and it actually when I was listening to it I was like oh my goodness that's what happened to me that's what happened to all of us that's what happened to all of us and it's definitely an insight into the welfareist way of thinking because they're still thinking that way they're still thinking the same way as all the people who eat meat oops should I have said that I don't know okay um and Definitely Gary Francione's podcast, of course. Um, Jordan Wyatt's podcast, Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. And that's at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. But I recommend subscribing on iTunes, of course. And um, Sam Tucker, who has got a community radio show, but it is also available as a podcast. And it's FFT, stands for Food for Thought, FFT Radio fftradio.wordpress.com that's also available as a podcast if you go on there and um, and like I say Sam is, is in school as well and he's also doing this radio show and you know we don't get to really like I don't really get to, to when we when we when we communicate with each other, me and these these other people, and including everybody else, we we really have so much work to do. We really have so much work to do because we're all we don't none of us are going to live long enough to do what we need to do. So we have to do as much as we can. I don't really know what their daily daily lives are like, and I don't know, man. I have a lot of respect for them um, for doing what they're doing. And William is in school in Auckland here, and I actually am a Facebook friend of William, and he um, is. I recommend looking for him on Facebook, William Paul. He joins a lot of really funny groups, but he also is very active, and he gets a lot of attention from his classmates, and um, they go on there, and I like to back him up. I like to go on there and back him up and show him them that he's not alone and that there's nothing strange about him. In fact, there's millions of vegans, and there's millions of abolitionists. Well, <laughs> should I say millions? Are we millions yet? <laughs> Oh, we will be. And, you know, so, well, anyway, I have a lot of respect for William. And, um, 
And like I say, Vish is in Wellington, and I know that he had done a lot of work tr- with the vegetarian. He's a very brave guy. He tries to talk to a lot of welfareists, and that does my head in. So I give him props for his patience. He has a table where he promotes abolition um, whenever there's a fair and things going on. Um, but um, Vish, I know that you're doing um, your masters, but you just just drop me a line, please. Um, just let me know that you're there. All right, um, thanks for listening, and I hope to have a guest on again soon. And, oh, oh, that's right, um, Adam Conowitz from The Vegan News did a video interview of Gary Francione, and they're posted on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, if you if you go to YouTube, you can subscribe to The Vegan News, but you can subscribe to the, I recommend subscribing to The Vegan News iTunes and downloading the videos, because um, that's what I do and they're in high def, I think. Um, watch these videos. They're, they're in, it's interviews with Gary Francione, and we are um, translating it into different languages. In fact, I need to get going on some more of that. So um, I shall sign off. And once again, thanks for listening. I'll be back. Bye.